Bagels and Walks are a delicious way to start your day for breakfast and brunch. Or, no idea what this is, but looking forward to hearing about it. <laughs> Can't even do it with a straight face. Who's right? Even though one of them really wasn't a con. This week on Joe Picks a Sandwich, the bagel with locks. Is it affordable? Ethical? Is it healthy and clean? Is it first aid appropriate? Even though he's married, is the origin true? Doesn't matter to me. All that really matters is celebrities. Joe will pick a sandwich now. It's his religion to figure it out. He ate the food. He'll rate. He'll choose. Will it end up on the menu? Oh, what sandwich will he choose? Joe picks a sandwich now. Dan, what a theme song. What a sandwich we're about to talk about. And Dan, on your birthday. On my birthday, Joe. This is, it is the waning hours of my birthday that are going to be spent recording a podcast and then very quickly editing the podcast as quickly as possible to get it out in, I I mean, this podcast is going to be out live in the world in like three hours. So, Joe, if you've got hot takes on the State of Union, we will be the freshest podcast out there. It's true. I mean, we could just label this a State of the Union slash Bagel and Locks podcast and get all those uh, State of the Union, uh, you know, listeners who want it fresh. Joe, what did you think? Greatest State of the Union ever? You know, the, the calls to bipartisanship were really unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't watch a second of it because I knew it would just rile me up. And then I just read the headlines and it just seemed like it was a totally absurd, uh, uh, you know, hour and a half of bullshit. It just went on forever. It was so boring. And then, like, he did his anti-immigrant spiel for, like, 30 minutes. And then he went on and was just bringing, like, Holocaust survivors and, like first responders up and it was just like trump doesn't give a fuck about any of these people but he did that for like 30 minutes and it was just one thing after the next it was unbelievable basically it's not a bad idea to just like bring out a steady stream of people that pull better than trump that's exactly what he did i mean it it was very funny the the strategy they use now but anyway it it was just handed out like ice cream sandwiches to to, to everyone in congress (laughs) shut up they would have stood for that but it was boring, which is – that's the worst part about, you know, that Trumpism can be. But it was boring. It was an hour and a half. It went on forever. And now we're done with it. And, you know, I can't talk about it too long because this is a double whammy, Joe. Because for every extra minute we spend talking, it's an extra minute later it gets, an extra minute I have to spend editing. So, And an extra minute that we're not talking about Bagel and Lux. Absolutely, Joe. But, you know, you were, you were just coughing from your whiskey. If you'll note here, I have cut a uh, – a healthy pour, Joe. Wow. I mean, I'm actually surprised because, well, it is your birthday and you deserve a birthday whiskey. I, I I, usually know that there's like a hangover cloud that lasts around the Super Bowl. As you know, but our listeners have by just have the whiskey. Got to get used to it. You know, because you can't have ice in there because the jangling is bad for the audio. <laughs> that is that is quite a pour. Yeah, it's a big pour, Joe. Well, it's got to last me through the entire podcast. Uh, but I, I, I postponed from yesterday. We normally record on Mondays. I just could not do it. I was too hungover from the Super Bowl. It was, uh, you know, quite a party, quite a terrible, boring Super Bowl. But I mean, with a Super Bowl like that, all there really is to do is drink. So which it makes is, sense. Which is what I did. <laughs> and 
Yeah, and I did not drink enough water, though. I think there, you know, one grand, uh, whatever it is, somebody advises the water break. I really need that. I need my own personal coach that's just like, all right, just chug some water right now, you know, every Your normal hour so. uh, take a shot for every punt didn't work out for this game. <laughs> well, normally, it's fine. It's fine, normally. That's what I was doing, you know. <laughs> In the, uh, the Chiefs-Rams game, I didn't drink at all, but, you know, this game I had to postpone the goddamn podcast. But we're back, and, you know, I like this. This is no better way. Everybody wants to do something special for my birthday. You know what I say. Every day is like my birthday. I want a bagel and locks with a candle in it for you. <sighs> wow. I'll, I'll tell you, Joe, I have had many a bagel and locks today. <laughs> and uh, this is why I, I said also we had to postpone the podcast because I didn't feel like I gave the sandwich a fair shake because I just had one early last week, and I didn't really analyze it. So And locks is not like we can get into this later. But lox is not a great hangover food, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, I, I'm the type of person when I'm hungover, I'm just very nauseous. So like when I'm hungover, like yesterday, I was like, I'm not even going to be ready to eat a meal until like 5 or 6 p.m. So <laughs> I don't think when I'm hungover that I want, which, by the way, you know, I don't really get hungover. But yes, like famously. theoretically getting hungover, um, like I imagine that you wouldn't want like food that has any distinct smell whatsoever. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you want... For me, if I'm nibbling on something, yeah, I want it to be very un- inoffensive. Like, I'll even sometimes just have bread just to, like, yeah, like get, sal- get going. Like, saltines is, like, what you want when yeah. you're hungover. Or a and banana like, or something like that. Yeah. Just easy, you know, inoffensive. I think lox technically might be the opposite food of a banana. <laughs> well, let's see. So the banana grows from the earth. Lox yep. comes from the sea. So that's <laughs> yep. an opposite. Uh, well, banana, <laughs> similarly, banana above ground level, locks below ground level. Mm-hmm. Bananas are white. Locks are, like, very colorful. Bananas, yeah, okay. Uh, bananas are sweet. Locks is salty. Yeah. I mean, you peel a banana and you have to take the skin off of a fish. So in that way, it's somewhat similar. It's Yeah, it's somewhat similar. Uh, let's but, see. Oh, we already have plant say, and animal. Yeah, plant and animal, sweet and salty. I mean, you wouldn't say that you peel a fish, though. That'd be weird. I think somebody could say that. Like, oh, let me just... Let me serve up the locks right after I peel this fish. That doesn't sound right. That's, I mean, if you watch locks being made, it sort of looks like they're peeling it because they cut a very thin layer off the filet of fish. And I'll tell you, locks is like weird. I mean, it's a weird thing. And it, I, I didn't know what it was going into it. Well, I, I guess now that we're talking about the sandwich, Joe, let's just get into it. Like, what is your history with the bagel and lock sandwich? So this is another sandwich that I have a very strong family history with. So on the other side of my family, the Ashkenazi Jewish side of my family, this was like, uh, we never ate bagel and lox in my house, except when my grandparents were visiting, which like we lived in San Diego, they lived in Los Angeles. So it was maybe like, you know, every other month they would come down for like a weekend or thereabouts. And like whenever they came, it was a tradition that, that on Saturday or Sunday morning, we would get bagels and locks and sit down as a family and eat breakfast. So it was something that was in our house, though at the time, and sort of continuing on up until this week when I had a sandwich that I hadn't had in a very long time, I, I don't like locks. So we should just address that now as a problem. It's not a food I like. Um, I love bagels and I love cream cheese. I went into this week thinking I don't like locks. And I guess we'll get into later whether or not my mind was changed, but uh so my history was always being like, oh, gross, we're having locks for breakfast. Yeah. Well, this is this is kind of funny because, Joe, I picked the sandwich last week, and I think my history with the sandwich is I like smoked salmon, I like bagels, and 
you know, I, I wouldn't say I have – if I'm in a bagel place, I won't get the bagel and wok sandwich. That's not my go-to. But I've definitely had it tens of times in my life. Yeah. I don't think it was a big tradition. I think bagels were, you know, growing up, bagels were uh, one of the foods my dad liked, you know, with his Brussels sprouts and his tuna fish salad and whatever. My dad would always go to Einstein bagels. He he would get, you know, six or 12 bagels and just eat them throughout the week. So there were definitely a lot of bagels in the house. I imagine my dad probably doesn't like locks, but I'll bet my grandfather, the my, oh, you know, the Orthodox, loved, Oscar, oh, he, yeah, I'll bet absolutely. he fucking loved it i'll bet he you know had it whenever he could um so we're, we're definitely halfway there to my history with the bagels and it is just something i've had a lot of but to your point about something you haven't had in a while i don't think i've had this in a while and i thought basically coming into it that i would taste it and be like oh this is like bagels and walks but i was really coming into it this week from a a, a more a uh, uh, reviewer perspective I'm tr- trying to be a little more not connected to myself and just evaluate the sandwich for what it was and I, I perhaps didn't end up exactly where I had expected to considering that I picked this sandwich so we interesting will... okay I'm excited to talk about it we'll see and and one thing I also want to note and of course thanks to um, sandwich fan Bez for the con which wasn't much of a con I could have come up with a, a much worse con but I feel like this sandwich is also fighting against, like, our podcast has slipped a little bit into, we've got the falafel sandwich, and now the bagel and lox. Two very, very Jewish sandwiches, and I think especially for some of our non-Jewish listeners or our non-American listeners, they, they, they don't know what this sandwich is. They've never heard of this. They've never seen this. Well, I mean, I, you, know, you know, I will say, not to, not to diverge too much from, from the bagel... From the bagel and locks conversation, but I I found that for whatever reason our our fan base was already a little bit this way, but it's sort of grown into a more European fan base than I I, I would have thought, and I've I've noticed especially for our British fans in the comments that I post on the sandwich blog or on our uh, Reddit page, um, the they they are much stricter about what it, what a sandwich is than Americans are. Uh, in fact, I think one comment that I got, maybe it was in the sandwich section, was, was, you know, you know, bagel and lox, that's not a sandwich, that's a pizza, because it's like cheese on bread or something. Uh, you know, I think... That's what uh, Josh posted. Oh, oh no, Josh. no, no, okay. no, somebody else. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. yeah. But but I think there was this, this quote-unquote sandwich in particular really got a lot of, of, of anything we've done so far was like, this is not but a sandwich. Questioning whether or not it's a sandwich, absolutely, yeah. But look, this is what we said in the teaser episode, that's not the point of this... This podcast is not about deciding that. If it's got some sort of bread thing, if it's got some sort of meat thing or some sort of protein or some sort of whatever, we're fine with it. So, well, no, I mean, look, I think this is great. First of all, I hope that we are expanding our listeners' minds about what is a sandwich and they're going out and trying these things. And also, when I saw some of the sandwiches that our fans have recommended for our sandwich pick, like, what's like one's like a Hogsmeade sandwich. I don't know what the fuck these sandwiches are. Like, yeah. I like the fact that we have a fan base that maybe has different exposure to the sandwich world than we do. Yeah, yeah. And so when I get into the history of the sandwich, I'll actually explain what it was. But before I get to that, I would just like to note that one of the things I was also considering was the pulled pork sandwich. But I thought to myself, boy, pulled pork, that's a big one. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to make pulled pork. God knows how do you do that. Uh, it's you know. Super Bowl week. You don't want that kind of commitment. But Joe, I actually, for the first time in my life, I made pulled pork for my Super Bowl party. Oh, Dan, I on. made it. 
in the instant pot. It was it took probably about two hours. It was unbelievable. I've like you know sometimes when you cook something like pulled pork to me was like this mystery food. You know it was like it's so delicious, but God knows how you could make something yeah, like yeah. this. And then, you know, it's all these spices, you know. I had to go to the store, and it's, like, the biggest ripoff where it's, like, eight different spices, and you have to buy the, like, $4 use, use thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to buy the $4 thing, but I bought all of these spices. You're like, all right, Megan, we have to make pulled pork a thousand more times to use all I know. This. Well, now I want to again because I've got all these spices. But it had, like, half a cup of bourbon was part of the mix. You know, it was very fun. I put all this stuff in the Instant Pot. It goes in there an hour later. It, I open it up and I'm just like, oh my god! I made pulled pork and it uh, was right. phenomenal. Dan, Dan, save it for the pulled pork. Everybody episode. at the Super Bowl party was like, loved it. Uh, so I save it, I, save it, Dan. I regret not picking pulled pork so much, and I'm I'm putting the proclamation down now. If I win the the sandwich roll, I'm picking pulled pork. Well, I'll say if I win it, I'm not picking pulled pork. All right, well, all right. Gaunt- the gauntlets are thrown, Dan. <laughs> the gauntlets are thrown early, <laughs> but man, it's it's. I'll tell you, if I had put out lox sandwiches at the Subo party, it would not have gotten the same reaction as pulled pork. People like people loved it so much when I got the the um, the serving pot at the end. It was like skimmed out, like people had been like rubbing the bread just to get the the juices out. Well, so you went from serving thinking about a classically Jewish dish to a very unkosher dish. So I yes, mean, obviously, yes. you know. You knew your audience. Yeah. But anyways, hopefully that pulled pork conversation brought in some of our <laughs> people who have no idea what the sandwich is. So I'm going to get into the, the history of this a little bit. So uh, like some of our other sandwiches, this there's no exact history on who invented it. But we do know that lox itself was invented. Lox is, for those people who have never have no idea what it is, it is salmon, but it is the belly of the salmon. And... Um, the way you can actually make locks has sort of changed over the years, but the way it's most commonly made now, which is not the way it was made originally, but it's the way it's most commonly made now is it's the belly of the salmon that is smoked and it's to, to preserve it. And it tastes like salmon a little bit, but it also tastes a little smoky. It also tastes a little salty. There's also a lot of salt involved. To, to use it as preservative. So lox itself is just a preparation of salmon. And literally, it's like um, when when you're looking at lox, it really – it just looks sort of like sushi in, in some sense. But it Yeah, is, like very thinly sliced sashimi. Yes. But it's – but it's 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 smoked and it and it's got some sort of brining associated with it. So it's it doesn't taste exactly like salmon, but it – or it doesn't taste like salmon sashimi, but it is just salmon, essentially. And then the other part of the sandwich is the bagel, of course. And so lox is something that I think has been invented all around the world. And reading the history of lox is actually quite interesting because it blends in with the history of salmon fishing. And salmon fishing has been something that apparently was very popular in Scandinavia. It was something that was very popular in the northwest of yeah, America. Yeah, big, 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 big salmon fisheries. But again, yeah. this is before, like, the United States. Like, this is something going back hundreds of years because oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. salmon, yeah. Uh, the early hunters were, like, salmon are just so obvious in their, like, in their migration. It's just like, if you're a human and you see these... Or, or, well, I guess 
I shouldn't even say people 500 years ago were obviously exactly like us, just in a different society. And they're smart. They're smart hunters. If you just see salmon swimming upstream, you know, by the hundreds, this delicious fish, like, you're going to take notice. You're going to know when that happens. And so salmon is just something that's just been eaten all throughout the world, just naturally. And now, uh, we'll get into this a little later, now salmon is, is farmed, which is or a lot of salmon's farmed, not all of it. But But salmon were definitely something that People are eating for hundreds of years just because salmon themselves are, like, so easy to catch because of how they spawn. And because they were so easy to catch, but they they all spawn at a very short time of the year, just a few months. So you catch a bunch of salmon, you need to preserve it. And so that's why they invented ah, these techniques to preserve yeah. it. Brining it, smoking it, so they could enjoy the salmon for long periods of time. You know, obviously throughout the rest of the year. So locks this concept of taking salmon, either smoking it, brining it, whatever, has been around for hundreds of years. You know, I, I think 1400s, 1500s, whatever. The bagel itself, I think the bagel was invented sometime in the 1800s, maybe. Um, the the uh, modern bagel, like, the, the bagel was something that in early New York City, this actually connects with the labor movement. I read a really interesting article about it, how one of the, the bagel bakers were one of the first bakers to ever unionize New York City because the demand for bagels was incredibly high. And in order to meet the demand, these bakers were working 18-hour days and they were working in these sweltering um, uh, kitchens with these ovens blaring at all times people were keeling over from heat exhaustion and so the uh, bagel bakers unionized in the early 1900s or whatever and the these unions actually held up until about the 1960s because until the 1960s the bagel dough yes. itself yes. is very tough and at until then they had not basically come up with a way to have the bagel sort of preserve itself so until the 1960s, all bagel making was basically this manual process that involved, you know, uh, humans kneading the dough, baking, the, you know, shaping it into bagels, cooking them. And, you know, in New York City, it was, it was one of the first unions. And apparently the work still be, was very difficult after this um, big unionization effort. But the bagel bakers got paid, you know, like way above the, the median salary of other people because, uh, you know, there was an insatiable demand for bagels, especially in New York. It's so it's so interesting that you're bringing this up because I actually have I have the Wikipedia article pulled up about this bakers union because if you weren't going to talk about it, I was going to talk about it because it's like the most this bagel union has the most interesting history. And just to read a few uh, lines from this, that I think are particularly cool. Uh, a December 1951 labor dispute between local 338 and bakers. And Bagel Bakers Association closed 32 of the city's bagel bakeries, leading to what the New York Times called a bagel famine, with two remaining bakeries unable to keep up with the 1.2 million weekly demand for the product. Yeah. As a and- result of the work stoppage, area delegatessens reported the sales of locks had dropped as much as 30 to 50 percent. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And yeah. to tie back to locks, and so where does this connection come from? It was just somebody in... New York in, you know, the 1910s, maybe the 1900s, maybe said, hey, we've got this lox, which is a popular thing. I don't know if lox was particularly popular among Jewish immigrants. It might have been because it might have been something that had been eaten in Europe. I'm not sure. But somebody put lox on the bagel and boom, you know, this this connection was made. 
And the the classic bagel and lox sandwich, for those who aren't familiar, would be a bagel. The two most common variants are the plain bagel, which is, I'm sure, what would have been used in, you know, the 1910s or 1920s or whatever in the earlier history. Now, I think the most common would be an everything bagel, though we'll get into exactly, I'm sure, uh, our, our taste throughout the week. Lox, cream cheese, onions, a, a seemingly modern twist, it appears, is capers. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it. That's your sandwich. Well, I think tomato is an optional ingredient. I'm trying to think. Did mine have tomatoes? I think they did have tomatoes, too. No, no, no. I think you're right. Tomatoes is also on there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. I think uh, onions, tomatoes, sometimes capers, optional, cream cheese, lox, put it in a bagel, boom. That's your sandwich. So, see, Joe, this is what what two Jews working together to figure this out. I've eaten so many of these sandwiches today, I really should have. (laughs) I I could just look at the pictures. And if any listeners want to know what happened to the bagel union... The thing that happened in the 1960s is Canadian Dan Dan Thompson invented the Thompson bagel machine. And this is the worst part. The bagel making machine could produce 300 dozen bagels in the time that two men working together could roll 125 dozen. Well, bad, bad news. I mean, first of all, that's insane because the thing I was reading, yeah, the 338, it said that in the like 1908 or whatever, to get one of these bagel rolling jobs, you had to be able to roll one bagel every four seconds. Yeah. If you yeah. could not do that, you could not keep your job because you know obviously it was a union, but at the same time, if you were in the union, you had to be you had to be able to perform. So, if any of our listeners care about labor, they should not eat Thompson bagels <laughs> from the grocery store. Well, it was interesting. I mean, it's really I think the history of the bagel is fascinating because it said that the early machines it took decades for machines just to be able to hold together yeah. while, while making the dough because the dough for bagels was so tough so it's very interesting and uh for anybody who it's i can't put a date on anything and you know for any of our historical people you can look at the history but there is a, a great new york times article about a shop in new york city that's still open to this day and i actually the next time i go to new york city i will go here called Russ and Daughters, and it has been open since 1914, and wow. it has ostensibly been serving the, what they call the classic, is a, a bagel and wax, and they have been serving this, I believe, since their opening in 1914. So we, I, I know at, at minimum the, the, the sandwich had been invented by then. So, so for me to rate this history, I mean, I love the fact that this is like a very working class sandwich, like, you know, Polish Jews bringing it over and... The, you know, the, the labor unions, you know, needing this dough. And it's something that like you need, like, I mean, the article refers to them as bagel craftsmen. And even the, the history of locks similarly are like, you know, they're, they're fishing for salmon, but they need to preserve it. So they invent locks. I think it's a really cool history. I wish that there was a more like distinct, like it was invented by this person at this time. But other than that, I think this is like a great history of the immigrant experience in America at the beginning of the 20th century. I think this is like a seven out of ten. Seven Good history, out of ten. And and for all of our non-Jewish listeners out there who might be a little confused, I, I mean, I wouldn't even say they're confused, but this is it, it. Also, is a very Jewish history. Like this is a very New York City sandwich, which I, I wouldn't actually be surprised if like fifty percent of all the locks is like consumed in New York City. Oh yeah, totally, totally. 
So, I, and neither of us live in New York City, but I, I think we've been to New York City many times, and, you know, both of us, I mean, my grandfather, this is why I'm assuming, my grandfather was a, you know, well, my great-grandfather was an Orthodox Jew who came to, lived in New York City in, in 1903, so I'll, I'll bet yeah. he consumed the sandwich, you know, uh, a million times. He was part of creating that demand for the for the bagel. <laughs> Absolutely. I, look, like a good Birkin, I'm sure he was like, down with the 338. No unions. <laughs> Work harder, you damn bagel thank, people. Thank God for that Thompson machine. <laughs> but look, Joe, that's that's the epic clash between the Birkins and the Mizrahis. The, the never-ending clash. Who will win? But the next question, when we look at the sandwich, could this be in your regular rotation? Talk about prep, availability, and health. And let's just get the health right out of the way. Uh, I, I did not make one at home, so but I have made them before. It's a very simple sandwich to make, but I'm just going by health facts I found online. A Noah's bagel, according to this um, calorie counting website, uh, lock sandwich or bagel and locks on a plain bagel, 590 calories, 19 grams of fat, very little fat, 28 grams of protein, nice hit of protein, but 81 grams of carbs, boom, carb yep. explosion. Yep. And additionally, so you get a ton of carbs from that bagel, which again, it may or may not be healthy depending on your diet, depends what you're doing, but uh, you also get a massive amount. So one bagel and wax sandwich is 72% of your daily sodium content because again, that. <laughs> The lox is, is, is just brine salmon, so there's just tons of salt in there. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. And if you're doing an everything bagel, like a salty bagel too, that's going to really add to it. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, Joe, as somebody who has – I had my lox bagel last week on an everything bagel. And today I wanted to get – I wanted to get different bagels to test with. So I got a blueberry bagel and an onion bagel. So I have eaten two lox sandwiches today. I honestly feel like my heart's going to explode from all the like <laughs> sodium that's in my body. Yeah, you should really drink that bourbon faster. <laughs> I, know, I I honestly need to to like balance it out. I can feel like my blood pressure after I eat the lock sandwiches. Like I could feel like the blood pulsating through me. Yeah, it's a heavy sandwich. I mean, I ate it. It didn't feel like a healthy meal, though. I mean, you know, once again to harken back to last week a little bit. Like I, it's like a brunch. It's like it felt like two meals. Like it was it definitely. Was, it's a big sandwich. It's a filling sandwich. It doesn't feel like a healthy sandwich, mostly just because. And I guess we're going to come across this with anything that we do with bagels. Bagels are like very bready. They're dense and they're bready. So it's yes. like that you're just going to get a ton of carbs. And I'm not a huge carb eater in my everyday life. So like that's going to always, I think, throw me out of whack. But, but you know, like I said, like that, that was basically my breakfast and lunch. Yeah. Of all the sandwiches we've had, I have not been more filled up than Mm -mm. by this sandwich yeah no totally i mean the one thing is that it does have all the food groups in it you get your meat your dairy your grain and your vegetable with the onion and even a fruit with the tomato so you 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 really get you know it's like a whole it's a whole meal in one little sandwich i think if you're not horribly anti-carb it's actually not the worst thing in the world but but to to the the question of from a health perspective could it be in your regular rotation this is not something you should be eating every day. If I eat this every day, it's not going to be good for me. Totally. It's, it's yeah. definitely – you're yeah. going to have high blood pressure. Yeah. Now, when We may comes- have discovered why Jews traditionally have high blood pressure and cholesterol. We, 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 may, have found, we may have found the key problem, Dan. <laughs> we just, we've just got to start an anti-lox campaign because, again, you take the lox off the bagel and I think you're okay. 
I'm going to call the American Heart Association and tell them about our discovery. But now the other things, prep and availability, I think, I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as my experience was, every bagel place I went to, like, this is just on the menu. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it would be very odd for this to not be on a bagel restaurants or bagel shops menu. I mean, it would, I, I can't even fathom why that would be. I did notice, though, my first version of the sandwich that I got at because so I so I looked online, you know, looked at the reviews, and and I know a, new, a few bagel places, but the first place I went to was actually a deli. They're not a bagel shop, but they have a few bagels. You know, they they like buy bagels from a nearby bagel shop and then make sandwiches from yeah, it. And sure. so I got their version of the sandwich, and and their version to me seemed much more like a. I don't know, just kind of like off-the-shelf smoked salmon or whatever. Mm, but then today, I went to an actual bagel shop that not only made lox bagels, but like they sold lox like on its own. And I felt like that was a really authentic lox bagel. Well, I think you're bringing up a very interesting point here because it's not just about availability of where you can find it. It's also about where you can find a decent version of this thing. And I actually think that both bagel and lox. And I'm not really a lox connoisseur. So like, I mean, the difference between good lox and bad lox, I don't know. But like, bagels are definitely something where like, a bad bagel is bad. If it's too bready, or if it like is too hard, or the, you know, there's a sweet spot with bagels of like definitely. getting the right outside and the right chewiness that like, I'm actually a fairly picky bagel eater. And Interesting. if a bagel's not good, like I, I don't like most grocery store bagels. Yeah, I think I mean grocery store bagels just aren't good. Like right. they're they're always no, they're too bready. They taste like bread yeah, in a bagel I, shape. That's yeah. exactly what I was gonna say. They're too bready. Like a, a a good bagel has to have the right texture outside and the right texture inside, and there's just no way anything sitting on a shelf can get that. So it's like I mean I there are probably and Seattle isn't like known as a as a bagel mecca, right? Like you're basically talking about like I know like New York, Philadelphia, you know, probably other places on the East Coast. I mean, anywhere where there's a lot of Jews, right? You're going to have like good bagels. Like, you know, I think LA has probably some good bagels, but Seattle's not known for it. There's probably only like three or four places in Seattle that I think makes a like good passable bagel. Yeah, it is interesting. I remember was I when I was in New York City, I specifically was like getting a bagel every morning just to have the New York City bagel. And it's very clear that the New York City bagel is like better than every other bagel. Yeah, for sure. It's not bullshit. Like you, you try it in New York and you're like, oh yeah, this is this is just exponentially better. But I think when you make a bagel sandwich, it actually makes the bagel less important. Especially a lox sandwich where the lox is really taking over. So I do think it is reproducible in other places. However, I think then it's what's the quality of the lox? And I'll tell you today, the lox I got from this place that clearly cares about the locks was like this sandwich tasted so different from the one i had last week just because this was a bagel place that actually like cared so much about the locks like they they sold locks like like yeah this is, interesting yeah this is a locks place that that I, I don't know exactly where they get it from or or you know exactly what the locks it, it's interesting the the new york times article when you read about it or, or when I read it and it, it talked about the locks they get, it said they don't have one distributor for their locks. They just they get it from lots of different places, and they 
always get it and then they taste it and then they, if it's wrong they tell the place and they say this is wrong you know you're either you're not <laughs> yeah. smoking it right you're yeah. using the wrong type of wood or you're not doing it long enough or whatever so they're they're not bound to one particular place they're just they just know what it's supposed to taste like and that's what they want and so the two sandwiches i had were so different i'm not a lox connoisseur myself i assume the lox i had today was what lox is supposed to taste like interesting, interesting. but <laughs> In my perspective, though, I actually like the lox that didn't taste as much like what I think lox tasted like because lox is really potent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a distinct flavor. I mean, we'll talk about that with the taste, but you're right. I mean, yeah, you may like the more like store-bought, just like basically like salmon jerky version of lox. Definitely. Like smoked salmon that you yeah. buy at the supermarket. Like if you made the, a version of the sandwich with like a – uh, grocery store bagel and grocery store smoked salmon. You're you're not really truly getting the sandwich. No, and I actually think that like in terms of, of availability and and home prep, like it's actually no question about it, an easy sandwich to make. You basically need ingredients that I mean, other than capers, I keep in my house. Yes, um, and I think capers are like I think you buy like a jar of capers you keep in the fridge. You don't have to like use them all at once or whatever. Um, I don't think so. Like, are you now? I just want to get into this caper thing. I didn't know capers was part of the lock sandwich, but in all of the places I went, they put capers on there. And when I was looking online, everybody said capers are a key part of this. So capers have just always been a part of the sandwich. I don't remember if capers were something that we had when we would make locks and bagels at home. Uh, But that may have just been because like, yeah, you know, we're not going to buy keepers. Like, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, it might just be something that you get out in restaurants. But I agree with you. I did it because when it was on the menu and, and when I looked online for, like, what the classes, classic locks and bagels was supposed to be, I mean, yeah, capers was just part of it. So yeah, yeah. that's why I did it. But I – yeah, no, I don't know. So you but, made yours at home. No, I did not make mine at home. No, okay. no, no. I looked it up. When when I went to this bagel place, I – I like made sure online that I was get, that they I wasn't getting some like weird like version that they made or whatever. Okay, because um, you promised our listeners last week you were taking us to the sandwich lab. So I didn't go to the. It sounds like you may have gone to the sandwich lab with your trying different bagels. I didn't go to the sandwich lab, but I have a good reason for not going. Well, you better have a good reason. You promised everybody you'd go. Well, first of all, the listeners should know that I'm very unreliable at this point. So that's that's good reason number one. Uh, number two. Uh, I went to this bagel place. It's close to my office. It's called Blazing Bagels. I think they make probably probably the best bagel in Seattle. Are they a sponsor? Yeah, they should be. I mean, I'm, I'm about to talk them up. No, so so when I went there, I it was like a pretty dead afternoon. So I told the guy, I was like, "Oh, I'm 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 reviewing this bagel for my podcast. Tell me like which which bagel should I get?" Which was the question I was going to ask on the podcast. Wait, what and, was what was his response to I'm reviewing this bagel for my podcast? He seemed okay with it. He didn't have any follow-up questions, I can tell you that. But he did engage with me on this question and he said, "If I like everything bagels in general, that there's no question in his mind that you should get an everything bagel." Hmm. And that it it was just do you like everything bagels like separate from bagel and locks? And yes, I do. So he's like, then, then absolutely, you should get that because he he felt like you want a salty bagel. I think. Well, I want to save this for the taste section, but let's yeah. get into it now, Joe. We're rolling. Of all three variants I had, because I looked online and I saw that the 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 two most common were the plain bagel and the everything bagel. And I had. Wait, so you ev- went. So you went to the sandwich lab. 
I had the everything bagel last week. What? Don't, don't. I have to do all this work on my goddamn birthday. Give me a break. But today, I I always like to try blueberry bagels are my favorite. So I always like to try things on a blueberry bagel, and and then I read online that everything bagel, plain bagel, or onion bagel are also very common for the lox bagel. So I said, all right, I know what I know what it'll taste like with plain. So let me get it with the onion. I I think this sandwich must be made with the everything bagel because yeah. otherwise the lox just dominates too much. That, like the, that that was his perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And it's right. It's there's just if you love lox, get it with a plain bagel and just enjoy the lox. So the other so the other thing that was interesting about this place and and I want to get into the other reason I was going to go to the sandwich lab and why I didn't have to go. Is why, why you didn't have to go, so now you're just copping out. This is your excuse. Yeah, this, this look. This better a, be good, Joe. This better a professional be professional bagel artisan was telling me the answer that I was going to find. But in the, the bagel whole lab. point who is, I, we go to the who, lab ourselves. Who am I to break with his judgment? So basically, at this place, you should get him on the podcast. <laughs> probably, probably would be a much more interesting podcast. But at this place, they serve it. They serve it either closed or open face. And they charge a dollar fifty more for it open face. Whoa! So I said, like, well, why is it more for the open face? And he said, well, basically, locks are the most expensive part, and if you have it open face, you ba- you basically get twice the amount of locks. Interesting. So I said, well, which is more classic? And he said, well, if you like, if you really like locks, get it open face. If you like bagel more, get it closed. So I kind of had my answer because I don't like locks. So it was a pretty easy decision for me to get it closed, not open face. And it was cheaper, too. So, I mean, come on. I saved some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the bagel place I went today, actually, they had – it's very funny that Locks it does, like, create this type of situation. They had two things on the menu. They had a Locks bagel or a Locks light. And I said – I asked them, and, and the Locks was $10, and the Locks light was eight fifty. Dollar fifty. I mean, this is like yeah. – it's, it's like, it must be like price-fixing. And I said, what's the difference between the two? And they said, both of them are exactly the same, but for the Locks light, we just use half the Locks. And so I got one of each, you know, on, on the two bagels so I could try it out. And I'll tell you, Joe, I think the Locks light is like – if you like Locks, you want as much Locks on there. All right, we're 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 getting ahead of ourselves, Joe. If for prep availability and health, where do you rate this? Oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think um, in terms of, of availability, Joe, we must follow no, the rules know, of this I podcast. Know. You're right. You're right. Look, look. I think that that the problem with availability is just that, like, yeah, I can make this at home. It's a relatively easy thing to get the ingredients for. It's very any bagel shop has it. Any bagel shop has it. But the problem with making it at home is that I just don't like bagels that I bring home and I also don't like bagels once they're like blazing bagels is great I like the bagels there but I'm not going to bring home a dozen because I don't like them on like day three I don't think they're good anymore yeah they're not so it's a hard sandwich to make at home not super healthy but you can find it out at most places so I think that's fine so I'm going to give this a six it's right in the middle all right Joe is this a first date sandwich Whew. okay I mean okay let's think about this you're going to eat an everything bagel or an onion bagel, so your breath isn't, is not going to be great. It's, it's not super clean, but it's not super messy. I, 
I think it's middle of the road. I don't think it's – I didn't find this to be a very messy well, sandwich Joe, at all. Well, Joe, you open this thing on a plane. Oh, people are not happy with <laughs> this. Is, it's a very odorous sandwich. It's a very odorous sandwich. Now, if you're having like a brunch first date – now, I mean I think even then you, you should be getting like, like, like an omelet. Yeah, I would say get an egg-based dish. An egg-based dish that you're eating with a fork I think is a very nice, clean way to have brunch. You're drinking champagne. You're eating eggs. Everybody's happy. You know, throw some bacon in there. You get you get yourself – once lox gets in the picture, it is oh. – Lox and onion and garlic? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not great. You're not making out at the end of this day. <laughs> you're definitely not. Like – once the word locks is said, like, it is funny how a lot of, like, J- Jewish relationships were, like, the, the arranged in some sense. Not not quite arranged marriages as in, um, say, Indian culture, but, you know, Jewish religion or, or, or Jewish marriages, certainly in, in old days New York City, were, I think, very the, – the Jewish mother had a lot to do with it. Yeah, you went to, like, the matchmaker or whatever. Yeah, And totally. I think it's because everybody's eating these fucking locks bagels every morning. <laughs> Like, you need this. You need somebody just to be like, you belong together. And they're like, ugh, that guy. And it's just like, come on, you know. Don't worry about it. Go eat some locks. You'll be happy. Yeah. Uh, you're, if you're eating locks, if both of you are getting locks, it actually, then it just mutes the problem. Maybe. Or or both people are disgusted by the other person. I don't know. Look, I think, <laughs> I think, I think if you eat this on a first date, I think first base is off the table. Just off, you're you're giving up on it. And by the way, if first base is off the table, everything's off the table. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've oh, given yeah. up. No, no, you're not going straight to second either. Yeah, yeah no, that's it. That's it. It's off. Uh, yeah, you're right. This is not. A, but it is. It is somewhat self-contained. But you're right. I'm going to give this uh, three out of ten. Three out of ten. Okay, Joe. Now the main event. Does uh, the sandwich talk about how taste good? So look, like I said, I went into this uh, not loving locks. And what was what was good about the sandwich is in the in the way that they made it. I think because I didn't get it open face, the locks did not overpower, and I actually kind of felt like the locks actually balanced out the sandwich nicely. The bagel was good. I think like it was the right amount of ingredients, and, and I thought that like the tomato and the onion and like the, the, the even the caper just added like a good flavor to it. Um, and the locks, I didn't mind the locks so much in there because it was just part of the whole sandwich. I imagine had I gotten an open face and it been more locks heavy, I don't – like I didn't leave this liking locks more than I did coming into it. But I thought that it was fine with the locks. I will say though, just as an overall package, it's just a very salty sandwich. It was just very salty. It is – it's incredibly salty. I mean that's what I said. You you if If you have to eat three of these in one day – it's you'll, you'll <laughs> yeah. just die. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly, my arteries might explode right now, especially with this and the alcohol. You do look a little puffy, Dan. <laughs> I, I feel puffy. <laughs> I have drank quite a bit of bourbon in the last twenty minutes, Joe. I'm as, me too, though. As I know, as as the my birthday requires. But you're absolutely right because I agree with you. I don't like locks. <laughs> I thought I might have. I thought I did. I you don't. Forgot you didn't like locks. It's so salty. It's it is it dominates it dominates the bagel like the only chance you have is with an everything bagel which like gives a little resistance to the locks like the only way to make the sandwich well is to have very little locks and to have a lot of bagel 
and a lot of cream cheese. I, w- I, I will say this place, the, the, the sandwich that I got had a ton of cream cheese. Like if you're buy one of those little like cream cheese, whatever that brand is, like the, you know, like the ones you get at the grocery store, like Philadelphia, the which Philadelphia by the way, cream cheese. it's called Philadelphia. I looked this up when they, it was in my research for this. They called it Philadelphia because the, the person who founded the company was like, could have, I think they were based in New York, but at the time people thought Philadelphia like made higher class bagels or something. So they just called it Philadelphia, even though it wasn't based there, <laughs> just because that ha- that had the ethos of higher quality food. So it's funny, my my grandparents who, who love bagel and lox were from Philadelphia and they have this like, it's a, a joke in my family. They They think that everything was better in Philadelphia. Like if you talk about anything like, oh, pizza, they're like, oh, well, you know, it's all shit pizza out here. You should try Philadelphia pizza, right? Like, to the point that's like, well, why that's, the hell did you that's leave? That's ridiculous. But so my grandfather had this, he would talk about, the, he'd be like, you really need a Philadelphia bagel. A Philadelphia bagel should be so hard that if you throw it against the wall, it will dent the wall. It's like, <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> why would anyone want that? Of all the things, don't compete with New York with the bagels, you know? So anyway, so yeah, if if I were putting cream cheese from that container it would have been like half the philadelphia cheese container would have been on this bagel it was a very cream cheese heavy bagel and then and that's the right way to make it if you don't like lox which again it's an acquired taste you know so let me ask you this dan would you have liked this sandwich more had it been a bagel and cream cheese onions capers and tomatoes full stop boy joe you're it's so you're so spoiling my pre-prepared statement at the Uh-oh. end to you. Uh-oh. But but the answer to that is yes. Yes. I, I, I think I think from my opinion, the locks detracted from the the entire situation. I I, I mean look, Joe, I don't like locks. <laughs> I, <laughs> Me neither. I mean I should we just should we just cut this off now? Uh, well let's just <laughs> let's just get get to the next section. Is the sandwich a monster? Uh Oh, okay. I do want to hear about this. Yes. Salmon are, being way, salmon are being way overfished, I bet. Okay. For, for the lox and bagel, I'm going to focus on the salmon. This is, of course, from uh, Sandwich Fan PhD Josh, uh, book coming out later, et cetera, et cetera. You all know. The other ingredients are pretty benign. Salmon can go either way. Some kinds of salmon would definitely make this a monster, whereas most farm salmon is okay, and many kinds of Northeast Pacific salmon, Alaska, Washington, et cetera, are okay. So it comes down to some research on the part of the consumer. The best thing is to investigate decent kinds of fish with the Environmental Defense Fund Seafood Selector. I'm literally never going to do that. Well, Joe, you live in Seattle. You're fine. Also, contrary to popular opinion, fish do feel pain. So there's always going to be some sort of ethical question. Monster scale Jekyll and Hyde. I don't believe that salmon feel pain, but I'll accept Josh's premise. Wow. As somebody who has an aquarium, I, I, it is weird for me that I like care about all the fish I have so much, and yet I eat fish. I'm yeah, I but know. we love our dogs, and I like. I'm pretty sure that pigs are smarter than our dog. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you eat dog, but no, no. But you will yeah. eat pig, even though you know it is smarter than your dog. I know. Your dog does bark a lot at random shit. I'm sure pigs would be upstairs oinking at random shit. No, I think pigs are great. Yeah, they're pretty loud. I don't think I don't think you want to compare my dog on like a noise scale to pigs. Let me just say that. Mm, all right. Well, more research is required. 
All right. We'll take that way, into the. By the way, uh, I, I, the I think you just lab. got close to. You called him a sandwich fan. I know you're still looking for a name for our fans. Can we call them fanwitches? Fanwitches? Yeah. All right. I Josh like is a fanwitch. He's a fanwitch. All right. It, it sort of sounds like witch, though. But I'm, no. I'm into that, Joe. It's I, a sand- I, I read Harry pun. Potter. I, yeah. I, I'm watching the show The Magicians on Netflix right now. I like it. Oh, I read that book. I didn't care for it. Um, <laughs> did, did you watch the Netflix show? No. no. I didn't like the book. Why would I watch the show? People always say the book is better. Why would I watch a show for a book I didn't like? Well, my friend who told me to watch the show said he hated – well, he didn't say he hated the books, but he said he didn't like the books, but he s- said the show was better. Oh, all right. Well, maybe I'll go for it then. Yeah, Anyways, uh, Joe. What the, were we talking about? Yeah. Celebrity Bing search. Six out of ten on the on the, uh, on the the whatever you call it. All right, Dan. The monster scale. Celebrity Bing search. I actually Wait, have a six out of ten. Jekyll and Hyde is not six out of ten. It should be like two out of ten. No, Jekyll and Hyde because Jekyll was good and Hyde was bad, or the other way around. So it's like fifty fifty. <laughs> well, then that should be five out of ten. Perfect, five out of ten. <laughs> okay, great. All right, we all know where the sandwich is going. Let's just let's just, let's just plow <laughs> through this, Dan. All right, so look, uh, this is a great. Celebrity Bing Search, Dan. I'm excited. Because the best celebrity Bing Search stories are stories that the sandwich is front and center, where it could the story could not exist with a different sandwich. What do we got? Okay. Let me take you back to a simpler time. The year was 2018, when Cynthia Nixon was running for governor of New York State. Ah, uh, Yes. On Sunday, I heard about an, an this. article. I heard Cynthia, about- Cynthia Nixon became the latest aspiring officeholder to briefly lose her mind while attempting to eat on the campaign trail when she ordered, in public and on purpose, a cinnamon raisin bagel with locks from Zabar's on the oh, Upper West Side. Oh, I remember this, Joe. This is she amazing. Didn't stop there, Dan, but went on to request red onions, capers, tomato, and plain cream cheese to this mess. Again, this was on Shutters Cinnamon Raisin Bagel. And people asked her, like, are you sure you want that? She said, that's what I want. A full load, she declared. So this Gothamist, they actually did their due diligence. Despite our show discuss, we weren't quite ready to pass judgment on the bagel blunder until we tried it ourselves. Reader, it was bad. Some quotes. That's really disgusting. I mean, like, it's terrible. I can't untaste the damn thing. No, no. Having had three different variants of this sandwich, the sweeter the bagel the worse it is. That's like, what they all the, agree the on. The blueberry bagel is was by far the worst. The onion bagel was okay. The everything bagel was by far the best. Like you, you need something sweet. Just doesn't work because the wax is just going to completely overload your senses with salty. The article ends, Dan, saying it is fair, I think, to question whether any of those people should be trusted with the most important job in New York State. So. Look, I think I I know two things in the world right now. Cynthia Nixon ordered a bagel and lock sandwich on a cinnamon bagel, number one. Number two, Cynthia Nixon is not the governor of New York State. She lost by now, like 40 points. Are the two things connected? I, I don't know, Dan, and we'll never know. But I have to think that they might be. And that's what a great celebrity story because it affected the outcome of a gubernatorial race. Well, affected, I think, is a very generous term, but it it, it caused the outcome of a New York gubernatorial race. Wow, that's huge, Joe. Eight out of ten. I love it. Great story. Thank you, Bing. 
All right. Now with all of our research out of the way, Joe, let's put the Lux Bagel on the cutting board. As all of our listeners will know how this will start, is I will give my argument. Joe will give his, and then Joe will make his final decision and decide where this sandwich goes. Joe? Bagel and locks, more like gotta be orthodox. Because I think my Jewish heritage tricked me into thinking this is a good sandwich. Locks isn't good. It's salty and pungent, and the sandwich itself is honestly hard to eat. (laughs) Just like the tuna melt, I think the sandwich should be better without the key ingredient, which I already said earlier. And for that reason... I have to suggest instead of fighting upstream, just let the sandwich drift with the currents into the great Pacific compost heap. Well, Dan, after much consideration, and I think your point is well taken, I'm going to say bagel and lock, more like bagel and lock her up. <laughs> in, 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 <laughs> what? Lock her up in salt jail. This bagel's too salty. I agree with you. The bagel is a woman. Well, I mean, lock lock it up. Didn't it's not it's not a popular chant. I don't know. I honestly think the bagel seems like a very masculine food. You think the bagel's a? I don't know. I think that like th- this is a good question. You think it's I think, feminine because it has a hole, Joe? I wasn't going to say it. How but, dare you? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> No, it's a very masculine. It's tough on the outside, but soft and sweet on the inside, just like a good, sensitive man, Joe. I I don't want to delve into assigning gender to food. <laughs> I meant her. You already like, did. You more, were the one no, who said no, lock her no, up. No, no. I it think, doesn't even rhyme with locks. I think it's more like um, how like a save this, Joe. Like a boat. Like a boat is a she. A bagel is a she. Uh, okay, look. Here's the thing. The bagel and locks, I cannot pick a sandwich where I don't like one of the ingredients in the You name. couldn't go with bagel and pox? Oh, that's a good one. Dan, let's Dan, let's <laughs> let's rewind. Let's edit that back in. <laughs> edit bagel point. more like bagel and pox. Pox on this sandwich's house. Yes. There we go, Joe. She's now a bad continue. sandwich. Oh shit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Lock her up. All right. Uh, Dan, this one is going in the compost heap. It does not make it on the menu, unfortunately. You should have just said what you said there. All right, just edit that back in. Bake them away, toys. All right, Joe, the sandwich goes in the compost heap. It's out. Neither of us liked it. I regret picking it. But onto the lunch pail, where we'll have some, hopefully, positive experience. Let's see what we got here. Let's open this baby up. Look at this, Joe. It's from Pam, none other than the wife of our lunch pail question from last week. One of our number one sandwiches. I think at this point, Pam is our number one sandwich because just wait until this. This is going to be a diatribe, but this is going to be the most knowledge we've ever talked about on this podcast. Hi, Dan and Joe. Happy New Year. It's a little late for that. No, no, no. I think it's um, I think it's Chinese New Year. Oh, the Lunar New Year. Yeah, that's what uh, the, we we the, heard on the the uh, response. It's the, by the way, it's the year of the pig. So if we do pulled pork, it's perfect. Oh perfect my God. New Year celebration. But that's horrible. 
Well, now I feel bad. But look, Joe, I'm, I'm picking that if I get picked. I'm so excited that you're doing another podcast. I was listening to your ham and cheese podcast during a road trip with Tony. And I can't even count the number of times I said, oh, man, I'm craving a sandwich so bad right now because I'm pregnant. Oh, my God. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. A little Tony baby sandwich. Um, though I don't think you're allowed to have uh, cold cuts when you're pregnant, by the way. Well, just as a FYI. I can't indulge in a lot of sandwiches that you talk about this season. Jeez. Oh, so I'll have to vicariously live through you all. Also, since I'll be listening to every episode, I ask and strongly suggest you approach sandwich making method with the perfect sandwich architecture technique. It will change your sandwich eating experience forever. Have you ever been frustrated when your tomato falls out of your sandwich while eating it? Have you ever been annoyed that certain parts of your sandwich make the whole sandwich soggy? These are all sandwich tragedies I've experienced while eating sandwiches, but I have the perfect solution to your troubles. Try this sandwich assembly approach and let me know what you think. Tip number one, you want to alternate between dry and wet ingredients of your sandwich. So is there more friction to hold your ingredients together? If you place your lettuce and tomato next to each other, it's most likely that one or both of these ingredients will fall out of your sandwiches. Boo! Tip two. This is a bit unconventional, but if you have time to make a sandwich at home, you can even place slices of meat between your ingredients like lettuce, tomato, and cheese, so that way your other accessory ingredients have something to hold on to. If you have lots of lettuce, Dan, sounds like this might not work for you, Make sure your lettuce is completely dry, which is, by the way, impossible. Then you can use lettuce every other layer instead to hold your ingredients in place. If you don't want to layer your lettuce between every other layer, then shredded lettuce is a nice go-to item as well. Give me a break, Pam. If you like cheese, you can also use cheese as a buffer layer. Tip three, an example of a perfectly assembled turkey sandwich in order from bottom slice of bread to top slice of bread. Bread, mayo, turkey, Lettuce, cheese, tomato, turkey, again, wow, mustard, bread. Of course, you can add other accessory ingredients like pepperoncinis, jalapenos, even potato chips. But the key is to layer wet, dry, wet, dry, wet, dry. Hope this works out for you all. May the best sandwich win. Your fangirl, now fan... Witch. Fan witch, Pam. Well, I mean... Great example of why Pam should be hosting this podcast, probably. Absolutely. <laughs> well, she's pregnant. You know, she. I could give her the sandwich. She'd, she'd devour them. What a great lunch pail, Dan. It's a I'm, great lunch pail. I'm going to do that next time. I Look, Joe, when you promised to go to the sandwich lab, you didn't. At some point for a sandwich, we will have to go to the sandwich lab. And there's nothing more about sandwich lab than sandwich construction. Oh, absolutely! It's a it's a key it's a key focus of study for the sandwich lab. But I, I absolutely like the Pam method. Is now any method we come up with is just being contrasted with the Pam method now for for making a sandwich. It's the new baseline. Absolutely, it's a new baseline. All right, Pam. It wasn't much of a question, but it was very useful feedback. If you want your question or you have your feedback, you want to talk about in the lunch pail, send your questions to sandwich at JoePickspot and now, Joe, the part that everybody's been waiting for, especially me, so we can end this podcast and I can edit it. We can get this online. We've got to pick next week's sandwich. So before we pick 
the sandwich. I need to add two listener sandwiches to the listener sandwich wheel. A club sandwich was suggested on the sandwich subreddit. And the Bon Me sandwich was requested from Reddit user Prince Pepper Sneeze. All right. So Bon Me and Club Sandwich have been added to the I listener mean, every, sandwich wheel. Every week it becomes more likely that listener sandwich is going to come up. I mean, it could come up this wheel. All right, Joe. All right. I hope, I hope people are, are, are watching this live. All right. Let's spin this bad boy. There it goes. There it goes. No, and, listeners, not even close. And oh. oh. See you again, Joe. The yellow Joe. And you're going to take it off the board now, right? It's off the board, but you get to pick next week's sandwich. It will not be pulled pork. You've already guaranteed that. The one thing it won't be is pulled pork. That's for sure. Uh, let me think. Let me think. I I, I wasn't expecting this at all. <laughs> you weren't expecting the like 50-50 chance that you might win? No, I wasn't, Dan. All right. I want to go back to a like classic bread ingredient bread sandwich. So I'm going to pick something that uh, I don't think I've eaten all that much of, but it's a really classic sandwich. Ingredients right in the name. Let's go for a BLT. Wow. Joe, that is a huge pick. Yep. Wow. I mean, that's like a sweeps week pick, but but let's just do it. Let's get out of the way. Let's do a that's BLT. What, look, Joe, let's juice the ratings now while we can. Absolutely. Wow. That's huge. The BLT, it's amazing. Oh, my God. I, I, I mean, Joe, it's a sandwich so iconic. It needs no... Even pre-reaction, no sale. This the BLT. This is iconic. This is everybody who listens to our podcast is just going to skip to the BLT episode. And oh, this is like in our first season where the Packers episode became the go-to episode for yeah. like half of our fans. Absolutely. It's going to be the BLT. Yep. But but all right. Well, let's just get to next week. But before we have to clean house a little bit, let's read a review. Hey, from Jode one one two two three three four one. Funny and fresh. A sophisticated take on an age-old topic. Five stars. Thank you, Jode. One, one, two, two, three, three, four, one. I've always thought of us as being very sophisticated, man. As have I, Joe. And now, all right, time to put the bread or bagels, as it were, away until next week. Joe Picks a Sandwich is part of the Joe Picks Podcast Network. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to JoePicksPod.com or join the lively discussion on our subreddit, Reddit dot com slash r slash joe picks if you want to talk about what we got right or wrong today with the bagel and lox sandwich or if you have a strong opinion about next week's sandwich and my god you must the blt leave a comment on the reddit page or email us at sandwich at joe special thanks to superfan josh for research his book red meat republic is on bookshelves everywhere this may and is available for pre-order on amazon or wherever you buy your books also thanks to superfan jeff for the theme song Leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store so others can find this podcast. Joe, see you next week. Happy birthday, Dan. See you, Joe.